Are you a homeless man who drives a big four-door, four-by-four diesel truck? And you raise chickens in the truck bed? And you cut down grass on the side of the freeway to make into flour and then bread? Well, then inflation might hit you a little bit differently than other people in America. So that and some other business stuff we're going to talk about on the Anti-Woke Podcast. Listening to the new Slate Money makes me want to talk a bit about what's going on in the business world, economics. So oil prices and then therefore gas prices have gone down. And so inflation is not as bad as it was. And so this is going to depend on where you live. But like in Oregon, we got some of the highest gas prices. I think California, you know, California and then next to California, that's where gas prices are highest. And so for us, you know, something around $4 a gallon, like that's not crazy. Um, like I went to a little place the other day and it was five ninety. So, you know, call it six. So $4, nothing too crazy about that. Just high $6. So that's super high. And I think in other parts of the country, like the South or who knows, Texas, who knows what, uh, you know, normally they pay $2 a gallon and then it went up to four. And so that, you know, two is normal. Four is crazy. And so it's hard to describe. It's a bunch of BS math, but basically Inflation didn't go up because of gas and oil. And in fact, I think it, it held steady. And so what that means is that, you know, like, you know, like say, you, say the only thing you care about is gas prices. You're a homeless person who drives a big truck and raises your own cows and eats vegetables out of your own garden. Then you're doing great compared to how you were a few months ago. This doesn't mean you're doing great compared to a year ago or something. But just, you know, lately, you know, just the way stuff is going lately, this hypothetical person who only cares about gas prices, uh, they're doing great. But so when gas prices go down and yet everything holds steady, what that means is that gas prices went down, that means that everything else went up. So I guess that would be like, you know, if you rent an apartment and you take the subway to work and you got some teenagers who are drinking like a gallon of milk every day and eating you out of house and home, then whatever, the last three months are not looking good for you. So it just, just depends on your situation. And there's a company called Axios, which I guess got bought by Cox recently for a half a billion. And I don't read Axios, but I think it's kind of like an online newspaper of some sort. And then Cox, I think that's Cox Communications. They're like one of the big cable companies uh, in America. And so selling an online news organization of some sort is interesting. It makes me think of the phrase, um, learn to code. There was a time that Twitter, if you said learn to code, Twitter would ban you. So there was a boom of online news organizations, maybe starting 10 years ago and you know, up until five years ago, it was just booming business. I'll name a couple. You probably never heard of them, but I think BuzzFeed, that was a famous one. Kotaku. There's a bunch of video game ones. It was kind of it was kind of like talking about pop culture, talking about video games, talking about, yeah, you know, movies, TV. And the thing about them is that they're all super woke, and they're all kind of conglomerated. It wasn't, it wasn't like there was a hundred different companies. There was like one or two companies that each owned, you know, 20 to 50 of these websites. I think the websites all started separately at one point, and then people were hyped on the hyped on the idea of having a video game news website or whatever, and so 
they paid a lot of money. So, you know, if you started Kotaku, I never read Kotaku in my life. But anyways, Kotaku is like a Japanese-themed video game news website. And so, you know, did anyone ever make any money off of it? I think whoever started it and owned it, they made money off of it. And then it got conglomerated into these kind of big organizations, big companies. And so people thought it was going to be a big deal. And a bunch of venture cap, I mean, this doesn't really matter, but just to explain it. So a bunch of venture capitalists put their money into these things. And all of a sudden it seemed like, you know, money was no object. You, you, you know, they're printing money. And then maybe about three years ago, um, people changed their minds. Like, you know what, do, do these companies make money? You know, or, you know, you know, do they make money on their stock price or do they make money by actually making money? And so everyone changed their opinion on those things and they all crashed. And they had all these woke reporters who got, you know, fired or laid off. And so I don't know how true the original idea was, but this is where Learn to Code came into play was the idea was that all these woke media organizations They'd hear about like a coal mine being shut down in West Virginia. And then the idea was like, oh, hey, coal miners, just learn to code. You know, become a computer programmer. You don't need to mine coal anymore, you dumb fuck. Just learn to code and you'll be fine. You and your family, your family won't starve at all. Just learn to code. And so, you know, I'm sure someone said that once or twice. It wasn't, the, it wasn't that famous. But then when all the woke reporters, basically journalists, the woke journalists got laid off and fired, then people on Twitter are like, oh, hey, why don't you learn to code? And Twitter is woke, you know, and so whatever. If you, know, if you were a journalist who was talking about how America was racist, and then someone told you to learn to code because you lost your job, then Twitter white-knighted on in there and, you know, banned people from saying learn to code. And so, you know, that's kind of old news. And I don't think any of the woke media companies have done well. I mean, they're still around, but they haven't done well you know, they're not doing well today. They didn't do well the year before or the year before that. So it was just interesting to hear about Axios, which is, I think, just one of these new online media corporations. Uh, whatever, they got paid. I guess, you know, if you, if you own a bunch of Axios, you got paid. You're, you know, you're, you got millions. And I think they're more of like an economic, new, you know, news thing. I don't think they're just talking about video games. And I'm sure they're woke. But they're just not as woke. They're less woke. The answer is they're less woke. And so all the super woke new media organizations got fucked. And now a less woke one, but probably still woke, um, is doing well. So it's just another, it's a trend point. It's not like the end of woke stuff. All the woke people are not going to be changing their minds because they all lost their jobs and they can't get another job until they go anti-woke. But it's uh, stuff head, is heading in the correct direction for an anti-woke person like myself as far as online media organizations. Makes me think, like, you know, how can you tell if a media organization is woke? I think, you know, the, the, lit, the best litmus test, obviously, is Black Lives Matter stuff. So I think the way to tell would be, like, if an unarmed black man gets shot by the cops, do the reporters and the editors, do they say... Oh, well, let's let's look up the stats on unarmed black men being shot by cops and write an article about this in the context of what's going on in America based on the statistics. Or do the reporters and editors go, 
oh, a black man got shot by the cops. We all know America's racist, so they'll just, you know, we don't need to look anything up. We'll just write an article based on our obviously true knowledge that America is racist. And so I don't know where Axios is. I think they're, they're not that woke, but I bet they would still not look up any stats. And I want to mention a website called Bounding Into Comics. Um, just in case something happens with it, we can be ready. So it's like exactly the same thing as all these woke, you know, Huffington Post, the Mary Sue, that's another name, whatever. It's a website. It's exactly the same as all the woke websites that went through the roof and then crashed, um, except that it is like a purely anti-woke pop culture news website. And I don't think they can get on the stock bubble gravy train the way that woke stuff has, but... It would be pretty interesting if it could. I mean, the way I know about them is that, so they write articles, articles I don't read, I don't ever go to the website, but then the anti-woke YouTube channels, a lot of them, they just, you know, how, how, how do they make it? They're, you know, like, oh, I need to make it, it's Friday. I need to make a video. What do they do? They're like, I need to read an article. People are lazy. I mean, it's kind of like me. I listen to a podcast and then I talk about it. This is not original research here. But so, bounding into comics, I just, I hear them a lot because... Um, the anti-woke YouTubers will just make a video when they don't have something else to talk about. They'll just go read an article from Bounding Into Comics and talk about it. And so when the entire media landscape is woke, um, it's interesting to know that there is a little bit of anti-woke out there. Twitter handle at anti-woke podcast. And thanks for listening.